Hello. Yes. Hello and welcome to the 41st episode of The Rock Show. 41 already, Rob. 41, yeah. Wow. We're almost around close to 50. We got to do something special for 50. Yeah, we got to do like a big, 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 big thing. Big, big, yeah. So. yeah. So today's show is going to be about the pretenders. And uh, Chrissy Hind, originally from Akron, Ohio, but they're kind of a British band in a way, right? Yeah, they say the Pretender are an American, they're an English-American rock band. Well, they got their start in England. You know? Yeah, because supposedly she was, she was born here, but then she yeah. moved as a kid over yeah. there. Yeah, we're going to get into all that. But before we do, we talk about last night. You got a little lumped up, I heard. Oh, yeah, I was out at um, Peter McMadison, had a few drinks, and got fucked up. I heard you were out too. Oh shit! Yeah, I got lumped up last night. I was, I was all over the place. I started off at uh, Clockworks. Boogie was was bartending. Shout out to Boogie. Boogie Vibs uh, was there with uh, Fayo and Darren, the guy we did the Beastie Boys show with. And uh, five minutes after getting there, a fight breaks out in the fucking bar. And it was the second fight in that evening. Oh my god. <laughs> And then Boogie's telling me they had some guy jerking off in the back room they had to throw out. Crazy. Right. That's an outrage. It is. It is. But I got to tell a story what happened at the end of last night. I was bar hopping all over the place. I was hard swallow. I was at 7B. I was all over. But I ended up in Lucy's. Great bar. Avenue. Yeah. Little dive bar. Tried to get into Doc Holliday's, but it was too packed last night. So I ended up in Lucy's. I would have buddy of mine. And we're sitting there. We're just drinking. And talking, and my, my buddy goes, you know, what's up with all these people in here? They're assholes, right? And I go, yeah, I go, they definitely, definitely got some issues in here tonight. You know, take care, Mario, be good. Oh, they got a weird yeah, crowd. Yeah, in there. weird crowd in there sometimes. So they're playing the worst music, man. Like some person put in Springsteen, and I was like, oh, I can't fucking listen to <laughs> Dancing in the Dark, you know? So I said, I said to my friend Lewis, and I'm going to piss everybody off in this bar. He goes, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to play Ted Nugent. Oh, that didn't go well. Okay. <laughs> so what do I do? I put, on, I put on eight minute long stranglehold. Okay. And a girl, this is what happened, Rob. Girl behind me, there were two girls. One of them goes, y'all playing Ted Nugent? He's a racist. Oh, here right? we go. So I went, are you fucking kidding me? I said, it's a song. Right? She goes, he's a Trump guy. I go, you're talking to a Trump guy. And oh she goes, my oh god. my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You can't even play a fucking song anymore. But they had to be subjected to eight minutes of fucking strangle. That's why you got to sometimes, you got to say that to these people. Because these people are so fucking out of their mind. Yeah. That you want to end the compensation, just say Trump. And yeah. They yeah. either going to lose their mind but, or they're going to walk she, away. She turned like three shades of purple, man. Like just the fact that I was next to her and she was seeing me put a, a Nugent when she when I was typing it in before I even finished putting the T in Nugent she's like you're playing Nugent <laughs> <laughs> I was like fuck you get out of here so uh, we, we we got the fuck out of there after that just after the eight minutes I heard the whole song and left if you ever heard the um you know the uh, the Mr. Softy yeah. you ever heard the real lyrics to that song I, I know there's a racist it's pretty much shit you know, you, know, you, you know what there's Somebody sent me a, one time a, 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 a record 
of what that song is based off of. Yeah, it's like some like it's almost like a sound like cr- Dixie cracker, or yeah. cracker like Jimmy Jim Crow fucking song. Have you listened yeah. to this song? The lyric. Yeah, but it's not exactly the same. I don't know if if they took it or no, not. No, the old the original version. If you ever listen, it's not it, exactly the same song. Though. But it, it, it's, it's close. It's pretty much pretty much it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know if they got it from that though, man. I don't know if it was just because I heard that there, there was someone that wrote it for them. Yeah. I don't know. And it's the same yeah, fucking I, I know. song. It's, Come close. On, it's close, but it's not exactly the same. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube, people, if you really give oh, a shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's funny. I, I looked it up. I even... Yeah. I, I, even, I, I spent a half an hour one day looking at it. And, and I was, was fucking like, dying. Yeah. It was almost like born to be alive. Oh, <laughs> God. I don't up don't even that. bring that up. I got 30 days for that fucker. Oh, man. All right, so let's talk about the Pretenders. Uh, Chrissy Hind, who's the voice and face of the band, was born September 7th, 1951 in Akron, Ohio. Uh, Akron's one of these great Is that where LeBron, Le- LeBron James from Akron, Ohio? I believe I so. And we're going to be doing a show on the Cramps, and Lux from the Cramps was born in Akron. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that came from that area. Cleveland area, Billy the Artist is, you know, from Cleveland. Um, she had a typical... 60s childhood uh very into rock and roll music uh she was kind of like not much of a a student she didn't enjoy school that much she was into music and art um she was passed around more than a joint also well yeah i mean you know what in her book in her book reckless reckless my story as a as a pretender she goes into detail she's pretty candid about who she was with you know and how that went down but uh, she used to go into Cleveland a lot to see bands, really any band. That she, she was a big Stones fan. She saw a lot of a lot of bands that passed through the Cleveland area. Um, she played guitar, taught herself. Uh, she did a little singing uh, in the beginning, not much, mostly playing. But she was part of like a, a '60s kind of hippie scene that was going on at the time. She was also a very early proponent of ve- uh, vegetarianism. Oh yeah. Okay. She's been a, 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 a vegetarian since the 60s. So, you know, before people were really doing it. You know that. why the band's called The Pretenders, right? Because of the song, The Great Pretender. The Great Pretender, yeah. 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 But uh, she uh, went to Kent State University Art School yep. in 1969. And she was also involved in 1970 in the big Kent State uprising that ended up with a couple of kids shot by the National Guard. There's that famous Neil Young song that talks about that. Uh, one of her girlfriend's boyfriend was one of the guys that, that died. Uh, she also was in a band briefly in that art school with Mark Mothersbaugh uh, from fucking Devo. Yeah, she, had a, she was a few yeah. guys back she's, then. You know, she's really interesting because what we're going to talk about too is, is she's been involved with a lot of people musically that ended up going on to other things. So she's kind of one of these people that has a hand in a lot of different scenes. But she decided after art school to, uh, to move to London. That was 1973. Yep. And with her art background, it was easy for her to, to get a job um, in an architectural firm. Uh, she did that for, I think, a little less than a year. Didn't really work out great. So she ended up meeting rock journalist Nick Kent, yep. who was a famous uh, journalist for the New Musical Express. Uh, he got her a job at that publication and she would do like you know uh, rock critic rock criticism and and you know different writings about different bands playing shows things like that she did that for a little while uh 
got bored with it and ended up because she was constantly hanging out at uh, Malcolm McLaren's store called Sex. Yeah. Now this is about 1975. Now McLaren had this, uh, who ended up being the Sex Pistols manager, but he had this this shop that sold like bondage clothes and leather yeah. and things like that. And you know everybody who was anybody in London was passing through that store. Isn't that where Johnny Thunders used to get his clothes? His weird clothes. Thund- Thunders did get some clothes there, I think, but he had a lot of other connections in England prior to that. Uh, Sylvain Sylvain had his clo- clothing yeah. line in the band. He used to get stuff from him. Oh, Rob, this Bloody Mary's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, man. The great equalizer right here, because I am lumped up. Anyway. Um, uh, she ended up getting a job at that store and hanging out with like Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious yeah. before they were even yeah, before, before they, were they even had the band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a funny story where she wanted to get an, like an official work visa, and she, Johnny Rotten offered to marry her to, <laughs> to get it, and they and they were supposed to go down to a place, uh, an office to get the to get married and get the license, and he never showed. But who stepped up? Sid Vicious. And he was going to marry her to do it. But when they went down to the place, it, was a, it turned out to be some kind of holiday, and it, it was closed. So it never, it never happened. But right after that incident, what happened was she uh, got involved musically with a band called the Frenchies. Yeah. She ended up kind of leaving England right after that, going to Paris. And she hooked up with this band. She was playing bass for them. Uh, that lasted probably a little less than a year. She went back to England in 76. Now, a lot changed between 75 and 76 in, in, in yeah. London. The punk scene blew up, and there was a lot going on, so she kind of fit right in with that. She wanted to be in a band really bad. Uh, she ended up answering a lot of ads for people that you know, tried out in a lot of bands that ended yeah. up going places. She was in a few bands before she was... Yeah, she almost was in 999. Yeah. She almost was in that band. She tried out for them. But uh, one band she ended up in, we talked about this recently, was yeah. the Masters of the Backside. Yep. And that was with Dave Vanian and, and Captain Sensible, who ended up being in the dam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she also, a lot of people don't know, she, she was you know very involved in the punk scene, hanging out. Everybody knew her as this American chick that was cool. And uh, she ended up befriending Don Letts, who was the director of the punk rock movie, which yeah. is like the document of what was going on at that time. Um, if you ever seen that movie, the camera work was done by her. She was she was like a camera person for that. But she goes uncredited. You don't see it in the in the listings. Um, she played briefly also with uh, Johnny Moped. Uh, she played guitar in a band called the Moore's Murderers in yeah, 1978. The Moore, yeah. yeah. Now the Moore's Murderers was fronted by uh, new wave band Visage's guy Steve Strange. Visage would be a band he would start yeah, after that. Yeah, another one. Yeah, another F- And name. you know who else was in that band? Who? Sue Catwoman. Sue Catwoman. Sue Catwoman was the chick that you'd see from the punk rock movie that looked like a cat. Yeah. She she had like her hair was up like ears. Yeah. Okay, and she had different color hair and she had wore like funny makeup and shit, you know, make her eyes look like cat eyes. Um, just kind of a famous person from and the scene. And wasn't a guy named Phil... Phil, uh, Paul, um, Phil uh, Taylor was in their band too, wasn't he? Uh, no, no, that, no, 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 that was, um, yeah, excuse me, you're right. Uh, there was a point when they, they, she had left the Moors Murderers, yeah. okay? Uh, that band kind of fell apart, par- partially because of their name. Yeah. All right, now, we didn't know 
as Americans, we didn't know what was going on, but there was a, an actual Moore's murderer, okay, in England at that time. So it was kind of like calling yourself the son of Sam. Exactly. Okay, oh, calling your bed while the son of Sam was going on. So, you know, it was a little fucked up. But she made a demo after, after leaving the Moors uh, with um, the bass player from the Moors, uh, Phil Taylor from uh, Motorhead. Yeah. Okay, was on drums. Okay, and uh, they, you know, just as a, as a goof, really, I don't think they would add serious. They gave it to Dave Hill from Anchor Records. And yeah, he also, yeah, he also had a studio. Uh, he was a, an up and coming guy, kind of like a new label. Yeah, he had a studio in Denmark, right? I, I believe so. Yes, and uh, and in England too. I think he yep. had something in London. Um, he heard it and he loved it. He said it's a little rough, but you have a lot of potential. I love your voice. I love yes, the way you know the sound. And uh, he basically arranged a day in the studio where they could do some proper demos and it was really almost like a formality because he was going to sign her yeah. there, was, there was no doubt about that but uh they didn't know that so they they made these demos and he said and you know this this is we're going to sign you but she put a different lineup together for that one okay yeah. what she put together was she was vocals and guitar then she had pete fondon on bass yep james honeyman scott on guitar yep and Jerry McKildiff. Now they did five songs at Regent Park Studios in July of 78. And uh, that included also the King's, ver King's song, Stop Your Sobbing, which would be the Pretender's first single. Uh, McKildiff would be replaced pretty much right after that by um, Martin Chambers. Yeah, Martin and at that Chambers point, came at that point, the band was unnamed, but they said, listen, we gotta come up with a name. And they decided on the Pretender's and it was based after um, the Platters, the 50s vocal group, their song, The Great Pretender. And it, that was like a f favorite song of one of her boyfriends or something like that. Yeah, it was one of her boyfriends. Yeah, favorite song. Now, between January of 79 and January and eight of 80, they would release three singles as the Pretenders. Stop Your Sobbing, the King's song. Okay, and that single yep, was produced song. by Nick Lowe. The song, Kid and the song Brass in Pocket. All of them charted, and Brass in Pocket got to number one. Brass in Pocket okay. was impressive. Yes, and number 14 in the United in States. The United States. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I remember that song being played a lot. I remember that song being played a lot, a lot, a lot. It, it, was, an early, it was an early video, too. The video where she's dressed like a waitress. Yeah. Yeah, you know? And I remember as a kid looking at her going, oh, man, she's, she's You know what's funny? Out. Today before I left, they were showing the... Um, the Friends episode where she was playing, she was oh, playing in um, I remember that. in the yeah. in, um, in Central Central Park or yep. Central Peak, whatever the hell Central they call Park. it. Yeah. So she's there playing, and at the end of the show, she's playing Smutty Cat, Phoebe Shaw, how to sing. It was yep. fucking fantastic. Yep. Yep. It was I really good. About that she did that episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, th those three singles, they didn't have an album yet, but they were definitely you know getting the interest of uh, rock critics and fans. Uh, they were well received right off the bat. Uh, by January of '80, it was time to put out a debut LP, yep. and that would be the self-titled Pretenders album. Yep. It got to uh, number ten in the uh, top ten in the USA and number one in the UK, which is fantastic, unbelievable so for a these, debut album. These guys take out the album, and it's a hit right away. Yeah, right out of the gate. You got some songs. I mean, that's to me. I think it's, and I think a lot of people agree. 
it's probably one of the best debut records you could ever hear from anybody. You know, if, if you're into rock and roll, I mean, you know, the Ramones, Sex Pistols, even though they only had one album. Uh, so, you know, there's a handful that just, when you hear it as the first album, you're like, just wow, you know. And the Pretenders are like that too. You had songs Precious, Tattooed Love Boys, which Ooh, is yeah. like one of my favorites. That's a great video too. Uh, the song The Weight, and then Mystery Achievement ends the album, which is a great fucking song. Um, the three singles that were released previously, Stop Your Sobbing, Kid, and uh, Brass and Pocket were also included on that album. They came to America in August of 80, and they played a what was called the Heat Wave Festival up in Toronto. They did some dates in America, and they also did a show in Central Park. And they were instinct, they, they had, they were instinct, instinct yes. fucking hits. Yeah, they, they, I think it was all timing. Yeah. And, and they had a great sound. Uh, her voice is great. It's yeah. very, you know, she can sing. She doesn't have a lot of range, but, but she can sing. And her voice is very, you know, you know it's a pretender song. Oh, yeah, you can you know, tell which right To away. me, I always like vocalists like that more than people that could actually sing. You know, if you recognize a singer right away, boom, that's a pretender song. You know what I mean? Uh, March of 81, they would come out with what was called Extended Play. It was uh, an EP. It had the song Message of Love, which is a classic. That's a Talk, talk of the Town. Talk of the Town, classic. another one. Porcelain, Cuban Slide. And then there was a live version of Precious from the Central Park show that they did. Um, August of 81, the... Uh, Second album called Pretenders 2. Which was another self teller. Yeah, I think that's a great album too. That's a great album. You know what's funny about them? Once they started, they just, they would take it like an album per year. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the then. beginning. But things would things would get rough yeah. soon. Okay, because when the second album came out, you had... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're going to talk about that in a minute, Mike. Uh, Pretenders 2 had Day After Day, which was a, a popular MTV video at the time. Oh, too. yeah. The Adulteress... Uh, Bad Boys Get Spanked <laughs> Birds of Paradise Was another song Not a great song Yeah September of that year uh, A month after the album Came out They would be on The comedy show Fridays And they would perform The Adulteress Message of Love And a version of Louie Louie That's a famous Episode of Fridays I because cannot it was, remember that It was hosted that. by Andy Kaufman Okay Remember Andy Kaufman Yeah Andy Kaufman yeah. was great yeah. yeah Now It was at this point That Tragedy would kind of definitely hit the band. Uh, they would never be the same. Um, they had a band meeting about bass player Pete Farnham. Yep. They got together and they decided as a band to throw him out. The reason was because he had a bad heroin habit and they felt he was fucking up and they didn't want to have that. So he was thrown out of the band. Now that was uh, June 14th of 1982. Two days later, June 16th, their guitar player, James, James Honey, Honeyman Scott, would die from a heart attack related to a cocaine problem. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> it's kind of like they threw this guy out for doing dope, but then their guitar player dies from cocaine. cocaine. Overdose. Yeah. I mean, how the fuck does that happen? So um, the sad thing, too, is that with less than a year later, April of 83, um, Farden would die. He was trying to put a band together. He was having some success, but he still had a bad dope problem. And he did some heroin, went in the bathtub and died in the tub. I guess he drowned. I guess that was the official thing. But um, Isn't that the way Morrison died in the tub? Yeah, they Tipping say, they say he was doing dope too. 
when he died. But they never did an autopsy on him. Wow. Yeah, they uh, they buried him right away. I don't know if he was cremated or buried, but they he well he has a grave in Paris. Yeah. You know, so I'm assuming he was just buried. But uh, yeah, a lot of people say that he was he had a bad heroin habit in the end. Uh, so after Honeyman Scott died, uh, it was a couple months past, and 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 Chrissy Hine really was trying to keep a band together. She still had. Martin Chambers, the drummer, okay? They would get Billy Bremer from the band Rockpile on yeah. guitar. And then from the band Big Country, they would get their bass player, Tony Butler. <laughs> Big Country. Remember Big Country? They sucked. They sucked. Bag of dicks. Yeah, it was, it was. But it was one of those songs you couldn't get away from. Oh, that song was all over MTV when it first came yeah. With the bagpipes in it and everything. Oh, oh. Wait up. I think this guy got my food. All right. Getting a food delivery here at International. Yeah. Hang on a minute, people. Got to feed the machines. That's the man right there. All right. That's when you know it's live. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. I just had uh, two Beyond sausage sandwiches at Dunkin' Donuts. That was good too. So. Um, you know, she was dedicated to keeping the band together. With that lineup of, uh, of uh, Chambers on drums, she got a guitar player, Robbie McIntosh, actually, who was a Sessions guy, uh, and a guy, and Foster on bass, okay? They would release a couple of singles. It would be Back on the Chain Gang. Which that would, was a great show. Okay, which would go to number five. That was like number five for actually three weeks it held on in the United States. And that would be their biggest hit. That everybody knows that song. If there's one song That's that a, people remember back from Back in the chain, man. Yeah, you know. And I remember, God, that video, man, she looked fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. She was. She had that shag haircut that she always has. And just a beautiful voice blew you away. The B-side of that single was My City Was Gone, okay? Um, by November of 83, they come out with another single, uh, Middle of the Road. Which was another popular video. That was a great song. Yeah, and that was top twenty. That would make the top twenty here, and the B side of that was their Christmas song, Two Thousand Miles." Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's which a you good hear, song. which you hear every year. That's a great song. Um, this lineup would put out the LP "Learning to Crawl" in, in January of '87. Uh, they would have a cover. I'm sorry, January of, of uh, '84. Excuse me, and. Uh, they would do a cover version of the Persuaders' Thin Line Between Love and Hate. She would introduce Paul Carrack into the band as a keyboard player. Yeah. Okay, and when touring started, well, he was a he was a guy, Paul Carrack is a guy that played keyboards with everybody, from yeah. Phil Collins to Elton John to a lot, of, a lot of British bands. But when it came to the touring, they ended up getting a guy named Rupert Black for that tour to play keyboards. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What would you consider the... Um we well, consider them a rock band. Some people consider them even a new wave. You know, I would call them a rock band. All right, because they, the timing of it is what lumped them in with I, with, with I, English new wave bands. Yeah, I don't think they really were. She she had definitely been influenced by the punk scene. Yeah, but not directly in the sound. I think it was more of like being a tough chick with attitude. And she had that look. She had that that personality. Uh, the music was heavy, but it wasn't really punk. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was an influence by some songs. 
got a, got there a little bit, like Tattooed Love Boys, got into that a little bit. But I thought it was just a good rock and roll band. I thought that's what I think. Yeah, a good the, old fashioned rock and roll. The thing is, is you got to remember the early '80s and the late '70s, early '80s. If you were a British band, which they were practically, except for her, okay, uh, they were all British guys, okay. Um, you were lumped in with that, with that, with that new wave sound because everything was coming out of England. Okay, so if it had a British appeal, it was new wave. But I don't know. I mean, if she had Americans in that band with the same sound, they probably wouldn't have called it new wave. They would have called it just rock and roll. Just rock and roll, which is what, that's fine. That's, that's what they were. Um, July of 85, they would play Live Aid. And uh, after that summer, uh, they would start with some new sessions for a new album. And uh, it was at that point they started having some, some big lineup changes. Uh, Chrissy would, would throw out Martin Chambers. Yep. She felt his drumming was not adequate for what they were trying to do anymore, and uh, she sacked him. So what happened at that point is bass player Foster quit. He was like, look, Chambers is the backbone of this band. I'm not playing without him. And he left. So she was stuck now. With, uh, with no rhythm section. Um, she had Macintosh still on guitar, and uh, they would record with some various session musicians the album Get Close. Uh, that was released in 1986. It had the single Don't Get Me Wrong and the song Hymn to Her. Both of them went top 10 in the UK and US, respectively. Uh, she had hired a guy named Tim T.M. Stevens, on bass at that point and Blair Cunningham on drums for the tour uh, for that album. They also used uh, Bernie Worrell on keyboards and halfway through the tour, Hind would do another lineup change because she felt that they were getting away from their roots. They didn't, she didn't like the live sound they were doing. She fired Worrell and Stevens. She kept Cunningham on drums and then brought back Foster on bass and Rupert Black on keyboards. So it's a lot of a lot of rotating in yeah, and out. Of, you know, now the, the, the problem with this is that she was becoming the face of the band. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the first, the first two albums, she's definitely the face of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, third album, she's the face. But now she's controlling everything. So it's more about her, I think, than anything else. And everybody's perception. You know? Oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories that she's tough to work with and this, I, who knows? I mean, a lot of people that are geniuses are tough to work with, you know, and she's a good songwriter. But she's like the only one that is the only recruiting member of any incarnation because she is the pretender. She is the pretenders. But that wasn't the original, you know, theme of the band. If, if you look at even the first album cover, it's all of them prominently on the cover. It's oh, not yeah. like her, just her face. Yeah. But later albums by the pretenders would only have her on the cover. Oh, yeah. You know? Um... But she was good looking, you know. Oh yeah, time. no, no. Of course, of course. She, yeah, she's sexy, and and you want to put that out there. Blondie had kind of the same problem. Yeah. You know, you had this beautiful front uh, front woman, okay, and and everybody kind of got pushed to the back, and it created problems. You know, um, nineteen eighty seven, they would come out with a, a singles called Pretenders the Singles. It was like a greatest hits yeah. type thing. Uh, at this point, also, uh, Johnny Moore from the Smiths would join the band. And uh, Hine, at that point, was, was married to Jim Kerr from 
from Simple Minds. Okay, okay. I remember that band. Yeah, Simple and uh, Foster would leave and join Simple Minds. Okay, and then Cunningham went back to his session work. So once again, there was mm-hmm. going to be a hiatus where she had to put some band together. 1989, it would be you know two years pretty much before they did. Uh, 1989, they would release a single called Windows of the World, and uh, she had it was it was Chrissy Hind, it was uh, bassist James Eller, drummer James Hood, and Johnny Moore from the Smiths still in the band on guitar, but the Moore and and Hind would would butt heads. Okay, they did not get along too well in the band, and after a lot of arguing and infighting, he would leave. And he would take bassist Eller with him. So probably the problem was her. I think. I think. I think. I think she probably either had an attitude problem or, or definitely was like difficult to work with. Everybody can recourse like the mic. Like the mic on the toy need to be on the toy. All right. All right. 1990. Uh, they would have some various session players with Chrissy Hine, and oh, they yeah. made an LP called Pact. It was supposed to be kind of a comeback album. Yes. I remember that coming out, that everybody was anticipating a new Pretenders album. It had been a while. Uh, they had the song uh, Never Do That, which, right, if you listen to that song, you could tell they were trying to harken back to, like, Back in the Chain Gang. It has a yep. very similar sound. And it really was just, you know, Chrissy Hine, that was, that was the album, which is her on the cover. And... Uh, it didn't do well. It got us the, the highest it charted was number 26 in Canada, and it did worse everywhere else. Uh, 1993, uh, teamed up with um, uh, ex Katie Did's guitarist Adam Seymour and a couple other sessionists, and they released the album Last of the Independents. Uh, that was good. Yeah, that's an okay album. Um, the new band featured um, ex Primitives bass player. Andy Hobson and James Hurd would return on drums, okay? He was briefly one of their drummers. And Martin Chambers actually would come back too, okay, at some point during that time. And by the end of 93, it was Hind, Seymour, Hobson, and Chambers as the lineup. That's a lot of changes that yep. I Yep, and 1994, they would, that album would be the last of the independents, would have the big hit, I'll Stand By You. That was a great song. Yeah. So that was a, a big comeback to them. And that was a top 20 hit. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, man? It's okay. Uh, no. Um, the right. next question. We're, doing, we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she would be doing a lot of movie soundtracks at that point. Uh, they had, movie they had done like uh, a couple years earlier, they had done the soundtrack to The Living Daylights, the Bond mm-hmm. movie. All right. Uh, a lot of special appearances. There was a two th- in 2002, they opened for The Stones. I saw that. Um, on the 40 Licks tour with the Stones. And um, I, at that point when they played, if you remember, the Stones were doing stadium shows, mm-hmm. arena shows, and, you know, uh, small clubs. And there was some time off in between shows, and the Pretenders did a quick show at the Beacon, just them. And I went to that. That was a, a great show. I think that sold out. Oh, it sold out one, two, three. I was able to get the tickets through some miracle, I forget how, but uh, I managed to get them. But uh, I had two good seats for that too, I remember. Now, I've seen them three times, and they're very good live, but the only problem with seeing the Pretenders is Chrissy Hyde preaches too much, okay? <laughs> She's very involved with 
now I, you know, politics and all that stuff, but she used to be very involved with like animal rights and all that stuff. And that, you know, she would go on these tangents in between songs sometimes. And it's like, you know, you could do like five more songs sometimes if she just didn't fucking do that, you know? Five songs that you wouldn't hear, you know? But other than that, they're a great band. It's live, and she And she pulls it off vocally. She's as good live as she is uh, in the studio. In the studio. You ever see them? I've never seen them. No, okay. Um, after the I'll Stand By You was a big hit, they, you know, uh, they really just did a lot of touring. The Stones tour they did in 2002. And then in 2005, they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. First, first ballot, pretty much. Uh, Hind thanked in her speech all past and present members. That's you great. Because uh, she said something like, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for everybody that was involved. You know. I'm not sure how, who's exactly inducted with her. I, I, I couldn't find that out. They probably put that as the pretender, just the pretenders. Yeah, but they wouldn't, yeah, not like the first album or anything? Or they just, just the pretenders, whoever I it is. I think just the pretender would mean whoever was there. But, you know, know, like that, that uh, in, in, I think it was in 2002, the Ramones got in. Mm-hmm. And there was a controversy with them as to who to put in. And they some put people, they put Marky in and they put Tommy in, which were the first two drummers. Yeah. But they but they left out Richie, you know, who did three albums with them, which I thought was wrong. And they didn't put CJ in, who took over for Didi and did a couple albums with oh, them yeah. too. So there was like people, you know, I, there's a lot of politics with that probably, you know, which is why I, I fucking hate the Rock and Roll fan. It's just ridiculous. But uh, later in 2005, Rhino Records would put out a four disc and DVD set called Pirate Radio, which covered their. I remember that. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good box set. It covered everything from '79 to 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhino was also remastering their first few albums with bonus tracks, live stuff, everything. It really sounded good. Uh, this would be their first their, their their first lineup change in 13 years, and it would be bass player Hobson would leave and get replaced by uh, Nicky Wilkinson. Uh, guitarist Seymour would also leave and be replaced by James Walburn. Uh, they would get together in, in, in 2008. Break up the concrete. Break up concrete. Yep. Yeah, which uh, was their t- first top 40 album in 22 years yeah. in the United States. It did pretty good. There was a song on there I like called Boots of Chinese Plastic. I remember Boots that. And, and Almost almost Perfect, which were like two good songs. I remember Almost Perfect. Yeah, I think that was the single. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, they would also release a live DVD that year from the tour. Uh, it was the Pretenders Live in London. Uh, I saw that DVD. What's that? I saw that DVD. Yeah, I think you can see it on YouTube now. I, I saw the DVD. I don't know where I saw it, but I saw, I'd seen that DVD. I think I was fucking around. It might have been YouTube. And I... Yeah. So, you know, what would be happening now is they would just be doing a lot of special appearances. There would be shows. They would come on live TV, do things. Uh, you could tell they were kind of slowing down a little bit. Uh, September of 2016, they would go on tour with Stevie Nicks, and they would have a new album out called Alone. Yeah. And that was properly named because it really just was a Chrissy Hine album. Yeah. Okay, it was her with like some some backing session, you know, session musicians. Uh, and to this day, they still tour. They yeah. Pop up once in a while. I'm surprised why they just why did she call Chrissy Hines in the band? She does have her own solo record uh, that came out in the 2000s. Yeah. 
to be honest with you, I don't know if I ever heard anything off it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I did. I think it did okay. Um, but I would recommend the book Reckless. Reckless. If, if you want to have a, a good read. Uh, I read it about a year ago. I got it for Christmas present or something. And uh, it's, it's a good read. I mean, she's very candid with her life. She's not ashamed of things. Uh, she said how many people she banged? Not, you know, not... She, she talked about being very free sexually. Okay, she didn't name a lot of names, but you just got the impression that... She probably got that, banged by, uh, say, yeah. Vicious, all yeah. those guys. Banged yeah, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some stories, if they're true or not, I don't know. But, you you know, know. Oh, I think, I think she probably. was getting banged. Probably. <laughs> she probably got chain ganged by the, <laughs> by the fucking dad. Yeah, that's, that's what back on the chain gang Back on about. the chain gang. <laughs> Back on the chain gang. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little double entendre to that. Oh, man. He <laughs> was back in the chain gang. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, right, so that's all I got on no, the bed. They, they still tour to today, but yeah. the lineup is very different, you know. She just kind of grabs up people as she goes now, you know. Uh, like Martin Chambers is not really involved anymore. And, yeah. You know, and he's a great drummer. I think he's just old, man. Yeah, well, uh, well, she's in her late 60s now. Will you hit that shit? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just for all time's sake. <laughs> all right. We should have a club called Gravity and, and hit all these old rock musician women. Yeah. Listen, De Debbie Harry, okay, who's got a new book out. Uh, just, I read, I read an article recently with her, if it was like in the fucking New York Times, or I forget where it was. But the, she was talking about how she's got like a, like a boy toy. Okay, a good friend. And, yeah, she says, I'm not going to tell you who he is, but, you know, I go over there and we have fun, you know. And she also talks about, like, she did an interview with someone uh, and she ended up banging the interviewer. Oh, my God. All right, so she's pretty candid with her life, yeah. too, you know. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk about some upcoming shows. I know you, you're a big Pixies fan. Oh, yeah, December, uh, 9th. December 9th. And if you missed that show at Webster Hall, you can go the next night in New Haven, Connecticut. Because they're playing both places. Uh, Sick of It All, a great hardcore band. They're playing um, Wednesday, December 11th at Bowery Electric. They're also playing the 15th of December at Kingsland in Brooklyn. Uh, if anybody, what day is December 11th? Is that a Wednesday? Yes. Shit, I'm going to see if they got tickets. I might go to that show. I like Sick of It All. Yeah, yeah, Sick of It All is good. I've seen them a I just hate times. that venue. Bowery Electric sucks. I, I, you know, I, they book good acts. Bands that I like, okay, but it's a ripoff as far as the drink prices. The drinks are watered down to shit. You you can't you could drink five drinks in there and not get a buzz, okay, and you'll spend a hundred dollars easily on five drinks, you know. So the the lot the the line is a sight in there are not good, which is why they got TVs all over the place. But I don't want to just stand and look at a TV in front yeah. of the bar. That I'm paying too much for, you know, which yeah. is what happens to me all the time yeah. when I go in there. I had I seen some good shows there though over the last few years. Like uh, me and uh, me and Sandy went to see the Dictators. Like I think it was New Year's Eve 2015 into 2016, yeah. which was a great show. Uh, I guess I'll plug Handsome Dick Manitoba. He has a podcast now. Oh, he does. Yeah, and it's uh, he did something really interesting. Look him up. He sang. Some, it was professionally done and they did the song he sang the song Eva Destruction okay and it was taken through different spots in the city and 
I looked at this. I'm going to show this to you after the show. Mm. I think we need to do something like this on location at different different spots. Okay. Okay? I'll show you what I'm talking about. Uh, the Strokes are playing New Year's Eve, if you really give a fuck. The Strokes. Uh, they're playing the Barclay Center. Uh, December 13th, Buck Cherry will be playing at pa- the Paramount out in Huntington on Long Island. Buck fucking motherfucking yeah. Cherry. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, December 23rd, as part of the Eight Nights of Hanukkah at Bowery Electric, you got Yola Tango, which is a pretty good band. Uh, December 28th, the Mighty Guar is playing Warsaw in Brooklyn. So wear some old clothes so you don't get blood all over yourself. And here I'll make you even funny, the... Fucking uh, fish is playing the twenty eighth, the twenty eighth, the twenty ninth, thirtieth, thirty first. I would wind up going to the December thirty show with Mike because I get tickets for the Budweiser suite. Big, so big, big Mike's a fan of fish. He's a, a love fish. He even got even he's a my time mongoloid. He even go to the even go on the website to see the fucking comments. How many times can you watch he, that? He is a my time mongoloid. He loves fish. No, I know, I know. I never got into them. Never could. I like the, they're actually pretty, like if you're going to see a live band, they're a real good live band. I've, I've heard they put on a good show. They put on I a just, good I'm show. They just, into the they just jam. Yeah. And once you smoke some weed and hang out there, you're fine. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So here we are at International. It's kind of quiet oh, here. Oh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, sure. Song of the week and album of the week. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a tough one. I had a hard time thinking about that. Album's got to be the first one. Oh, I was going to say the first title one, that was pretenders. a great album. But you know something? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be top 40 here. And I'm going to just say back on the chain, gang. I would do it. Okay. You read my mind. Because, because, to me, because, that's one of my favorite pretenders, so back yeah, on the chain, gang. I, I, you know, you can listen to the early stuff. It, you know, it's great. The first album is great. But there's just something about that single. It's just a perfect fucking song. And whenever you hear it, it always, like, puts a smile on your face. You know And you I mean? can remember where you were the last time. Exactly. Exactly. Hey! That side. How you doing? How are you? Hey. Hello. Hello. What's up, brother? Hey, brother. How are you? How are you, how you doing, man? All right. So, yeah, that's it for today, guys. And, um... We're going to be doing some shows, uh, some podcasts soon on The Cramps. we got the a two-part se- show. We're also going to do a show on, um... Oh man, uh, we're gonna do a recap of the year. What else we got? We're gonna do the top ten Christmas. Oh song. yes, that's right. We're gonna do a, Christ- <laughs> a Christmas podcast where we'll talk about my top ten favorite Christmas songs, and we're gonna debut hopefully the number Ameri- one uh, song. The, 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 well, we're not gonna tell you what it is. Straight but to it, the top. Yep, yep. With, with a bullet. <laughs> with a bullet. With a bullet, and it only just came about last night. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be the greatest Christmas song of all time. Of all time. So stay tuned. We'll let you know when we're gonna we're gonna put that out there. All right, everybody. Remember, oh, and like always, where can they find you if you want questions? Ah, especially I'm getting ahead for of the, myself here. Especially for the end of the year show, we need some. We want to see. We need people's feedback to get yeah. like a really good end of the year show. Uh, you could find me on Instagram, Rocker Mike Two One Two. You could find me on Twitter, Rocker Mike Three, and on Facebook under my regular name, Michael Baker. Uh, get in touch. Give me some ideas for the recap show. Uh, if there's anything you want to hear that we covered already, I'll go into depth a little bit. I'd like to do uh, have a show where we could maybe bring some guests on that yeah. we had from earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. You know, and bring them back and just say hi and all that shit. Hopefully we can get a video version of all that as you well. You know what I'd like to start with the beginning of the year? I think we should, we should do something that we don't always do, but we should do the NWA. Well, we can get into that next year. Because we could get into that yeah, shit we can next get into, year. I also want to do a two-part on Bob Marley probably in Ooh, February. Yeah, that'd be good, for, too. Around that'd his good. birthday time. 
Cause I know what you been... do, Bob Marty and Phil. It's Black History Month. Yep. So yep. we're going to do four of the most influential black artists. Black artists for Black History Month. All right. We'll in order that. to keep All it. Right. We'll do black that. history. We'll keep it. Yeah, we'll keep it in line with that. You know? That sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, there's a couple other bands we were talking about doing, which I can't remember now. I know. You sent me a list. There yeah. was so much. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have any ideas and you want to, you know, throw something in there, get, you know, you want to hear about it, let me know. That's how the Beastie Boys one happened. Yeah. You know, when Darren was like, you guys got to do a show on the Beastie yeah. Boys. and it happened. A lot yeah. of people requested the Beastie Boys, and that episode, it should be already up and running. If you yeah. guys want to listen to it, it's a pretty good show. We had a yeah. special guest. Who yeah, but we, it's, have? we had Darren uh, yeah. Bennett, okay, regular at iBar and other places that you probably know. And this episode you can also see on YouTube because it's a video episode. Yeah, by the time you hear this one, this it'll be up already because we're a couple of weeks ahead. Yeah, here. and we're also the crap will probably be on video too. Yeah, and it'll be the crap will be on video. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna probably bring in some some of my cramps memorabilia for that. All right. Just to show all you fuckers. Sounds good. All right. So remember, people, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped, lumped up. up. Have a good one. All right. Good seeing you guys. Yeah, yeah,